0: Welcome to Relationship, where real-life couple Justin and Candace share their keeping it real perspective on the ins and outs of their personal and professional experiences, navigating the ups and downs of partnerships in life and business. They will also offer practical advice for maintaining strong, healthy, fun, and successful relationships in life and business. If you're ready for comedic and insightful exploration of life, love, law, business, and everything else in between, you're in the right place. Buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. Here are your hosts, Justin and Candace.
1: Welcome back to another amazing episode of Relationship. Today, we have a power couple, Kristen and Dave Jones, founders of Whimsically You. Their unique love story and business journey are all about creativity and balance. From animal rehab to hot tub sales, they seem very connected. <laughs> they fuse their diverse skills into a thriving enterprise. Welcome to the show, guys.
2: Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome. Now, I, with with the intro that Justin just gave, um, I need to dive right into, okay, what is Whimsically You? Tell
3: <laughs> well, it's a, a business idea that grew out of sort of the way that we play together. So we like building puzzles for people. We like creating unique experiences. And so Whimsically You is designed to, primarily focused on weddings, bring unique experiences and events to the table at a place that maybe people can't always express themselves in the authentic way they want to.
2: Okay, so give me like a couple of examples because my imagination is now going completely wild.
3: And that's yeah. the hope,
2: yeah. is to get your imagination <laughs> cooking.
3: So perfect.
2: Yeah, so it sort of really started. Yeah, sorry.
4: Oh, I was going to say, sorry, when we were getting married. Um, and I think we, um, you know, traditional weddings are wonderful Um. if that's what people want. But I think oftentimes we fall into these patterns of just doing things the way it's expected to be done, as opposed to thinking about what really represents us and who we are and the kind of celebration that we want to have. And so we definitely wanted to bring in a lot of our sort of unique um history and personality and our hobbies and things like that. And and a lot of ourselves into the wedding. And so we knew we're big escape room fans. We love doing puzzle games. We wanted to have something like that in the wedding. And um we were a little overwhelmed with all of the things that we were doing for the wedding. We thought, surely we can maybe hire someone to do this. And we couldn't find a parent. There's one company in the UK that does it, but nobody in the U.S. That we could find so um so
2: you guys were able to tap into something that doesn't even exist in the US market. I love that. Yeah. So what happens? So the problem
4: if, is nobody looks for this. So yeah. <laughs> so we had the marketing is you know getting people to know this is an option.
1: So what happens if the groom doesn't get out of the escape room? That means he has to get married.
3: <laughs> well, so when, <laughs> when they showed up for dinner, we had little puzzles on the table. There was a crossword <laughs> puzzle, there's a cryptex on each table, and some of the guests were like Crap, we have to solve these before they're even going to feed us. And so they got scurrying away to try and <laughs> that's amazing.
0: solve the puzzles. Yeah. So we
3: thought, oh, will anybody even do these? Right. You know, we put in this time to design puzzles that were a representation of us, crosswords that had answers to things only some of my friends or her friends would know. So they'd have to talk to each other, you know, to solve the crossword. It's a
2: really great way of engaging your guests, especially if they don't know each other and they're not, you know, friends or whatever. And you're in, that's, that's actually kind of genius because okay. you're kind of <laughs> we've all been at the weddings where you're put at a table, not with anybody that, you know, and you look. to the Hi, I'm
1: Justin. Right. Hi. <laughs> Great. All right. This is going to be a fun. Yeah. Dinner, you know, like,
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a good icebreaker, too, if you are a table with people that you don't know. Um, and we didn't actually they, they actually were allowed to eat. They didn't have to do it. But it was, uh,
3: <laughs> it was and it was an intimate wedding. And it was some of our, our dearest friends from, you know, when you get married in your mid-40s, you have a better idea, like, this is what we want to do. And we really wanted to make sure our friends got to meet each other and didn't just do the whole, oh, let's tell stories from 25 years ago thing. Because got we it, got it. People. Yeah.
2: So let me ask you, do you ever feel like you, be- because it seems as if you guys have such a huge imagination. Do you kind of recycle the same types of experiences or things? Or do you find it easy, the two of you? Well, first of all, let me take a step back and ask you this. How long have you guys been in business? How long has whimsically you been in business?
4: So less than a year. So we, we are not doing much recycling yet, um, okay. I think there's iteration that happens, right? Because we're very, we Got very it. much want to tailor it to the couple. Um, mm-hmm. And so we, when we have our sort of initial chat with them, and we sort of learn a lot about them and their relationship, we want to make sure that that's incorporated. So sometimes there might be underlying mechanisms that are similar or aspects that we use, but there's always something new coming in. Yeah.
2: What were you guys both doing before you decided to start whims- whimsically? Yeah, you? Tell us
1: the story of you guys. How did you guys meet? Yeah. And, and 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 how did you guys go from? I think what was it? Uh, not dog. I was about to say dog grooming, but it was animal rehab <laughs> <laughs> and hot tub sales. Then you're related into this. Like what, what 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 happened? Tell us your journey here.
4: So we. Oof. We first met actually. So at the time I was living in DC, I was working for the Smithsonian and Dave was living here in Vermont and we went to a wedding in Wyoming. That was sort of his best friend from college, my best friend from college. They got married at this little micro wedding where he was the best man. I was the maid of honor. They had a mutual friend. who was the officiant and that was it. So very tiny wedding. We all rented a house together for a few days and, um, We uh, just hit it off. (laughs) And at the time, I I was sort of leaving D.C. I'd planned that, but I was thinking I'd move to Seattle. I definitely did not expect to uh, to end up here in Vermont.
3: Um, I think we were both in that midlife, change things up you know, period of life looking for something fresh and new. And so we had a connection and it deepened and it happened to be like escape rooms were just getting big and we were just starting to get into that. And then this whole realm of puzzling that's built around that uh, became one of the fundamental aspects of our relationship. Uh, And then from there, I've always created little missions for my kids on their birthday, not a scavenger hunt. It's much more like solve this puzzle, go here, go there, follow these clues. And so this is also kind of a natural outgrowth of of that work that we were yeah. doing together, just for fun, let's go to escape rooms, let's do puzzles, let's play Pandemic Legacy <laughs> during 2020, you know that sort of thing. So
2: my well, we son did, would love did. to talk to you, Dave. He's obsessed with scavenger hunts, wow. and Justin and I can't seem to put one together. My brother-in-law is really good at it because we're the we're the idiots that we're but like you did it backwards.
1: backwards. <laughs> I'm like, oh
2: right, <laughs> sequence. I'm like, wait a second, this. Totally did not work out because we're sending him in the wrong direction.
3: <laughs>
1: oh yeah, no. He has stopped asking us to do that. He just waits oh. to go it. <laughs>
3: Certainly play testing is a big part of our process too. The first time we make puzzles, they tend to fail pretty yeah. spectacularly. <laughs> so you give them to friends and they're like, this is confusing. And then so it even allows us to incorporate some of our friends like, hey, we're designing this for a couple, give it a test, let us know what, what works and what doesn't.
2: Yeah. You guys <laughs> must have so much fun. In your in your work, say. <laughs> now, let me ask you, have, had either of you had any type of experience in running a business or, you know, or starting a business before whimsically you separately? No,
4: no. And I think um, so. We also both do have this is at the moment. It's a part time. So we still have our other jobs, which I think gives us some of that um. You know, less stress and that we don't have to be paying all of our bills right away with the business. And especially because it is wedding and events so much is referrals, people book years in advance, right? So we know it's going to take a few years for things to really fully, hopefully, um, pick up. Although, you know, we were happy with what, how things are starting out. But, um, so I think for us, it's a little bit of a longer term. We hope to be at it full time and sort of have it be a bridge where we can leave our full time jobs, be doing something we're really passionate about that we get to be together all the time doing that um, as we sort of bridge to retirement eventually.
2: And you're not devoting your entire time to starting this business because it's a risk, right? Like anything is a risk. Sure. And so before things kind of come to full fruition, I understand, because we were that couple where Justin was like, I need you to leave your job. And I was like, absolutely not. It's not <laughs> happening. One of us needs to have a nice. you know, secured paying every day, you know, every week or everybody, you know, by, uh, bi-monthly paycheck and so I get that it are do you see any challenges right now Um, even though you're kind of still at the infancy and you're you're still kind of finding that balance between your own jobs and trying to start this like what are you guys dealing with right now like what are some of the challenges
3: certainly time that you point out is is the big one where do you find time to do this and um, what's I think the reason it works is that it's a lot of fun. So I'm happy to wake up in the morning, sit in my nook with a coffee, do some puzzle design, do some writing of materials, things like that. It's a wonderful way to spend the morning before I go into my job, you know, and Krista loves to build things. And so she can do the construction, she can learn these different skills, go to the wood shop, etc., in her free time. So it's 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 a hobby/slash business idea. And the goal is we can keep having it be fun as it grows and develops, as opposed to turning it into a thing that has to work because we're vitally dependent on it. And then maybe we get a little too wound up. We get a little too anxious. We push too hard, something like that. And cause we don't want to stop being fun. Right.
4: And I'm also, so I'm a professor, which means I have the summers, um, away from my regular work. So that means in the summer, I can focus on it full time. Um, so that's teach? Definitely helpful. Uh, I
2: teach animal sciences. I'm a veterinarian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're big animal lovers, yeah. so we we actually had the founders of um, or the the inventors of the Greenies. You know the yes, Greenies. I guys? I heard. I, I listened to it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah
1: they were they were, some, they were amazing. amazing.
2: Loved it. <laughs> but I want to Highlight two things that you guys just said because I think it's really important for the relationship audience to to hear this um, because relationship really is about you know bringing to the audience. Either a narrative or voices and stories that you wouldn't read in these entrepreneurial books that, you know, makes everything sound so easy or positive or whatever. The the stories is what's going to keep people either, you know, to, to dive in deep and to take those risks. Or not. Or, you know, to learn from the the failures, which, you know, I'm such a proponent of failing lots. I always say, you know, I love it when my son fails. Little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. So fail away because that's where you're going to learn these great lessons. But back to the highlighting, I want to highlight two things you guys said that is so important that I don't think we've actually really talked about much in all of the podcasts that we've done so far. One is that you love what you love this. So you don't mind waking up as, you know, early in the butt crack of dawn or, you know, staying late to do it because, and and it's such an important thing to highlight because I find that most people want to do something that is a money-making thing. They choose money or career path based on what they think sounds good or what they think is attractive rather than doing something that they love. And I find that if you don't love what you do, then you're not passionate about it. And if you're not passionate about it, then the persistence, which equals grit, you know, or one of the the, the secret, you know, ingredients for grit isn't present. And if none of those things are present, then it's not sustaining long term. You know? Um, so I love that you guys do that. And I wanted to highlight that because I, I need people to understand that you could say that a million times. People can go to conferences and hear that a million times, but I don't think people get it. They still will choose money and they still will choose like, you know, the big shiny new thing as the way to kind of approach their career. The second thing I want to highlight that you said was that is is your hybrid way of kind of attacking this, because sometimes I also feel like people think that everything is an all or nothing proposition. So I love that you guys are smart to be like, no, we're not in a rush you know, <laughs> we can we can kind of feel safe yeah, as yeah. we dip our feet into the waters of what we really want to do at the end of the day and in our, you know, second, so to speak, career, you know, life, you know, career choices that, yeah, you know, yeah. we want to spend the rest of our life doing. So I love that you, you talked about that. So thank you for that.
4: Yeah, Your it's problem. really exciting to think about the what the, that future might look like as we craft sort of the you know a lifestyle business I think they call it right we craft sort of how we want to spend our time and spend it together and have flexibility as we get older and yeah
3: well, exactly. I mean, and,
4: yeah
2: there's a lot and,
1: of for the work. weddings that you're doing. doing. Okay.
2: Dave sorry I, we didn't mean to cut you off. What were you about to say?
3: I was just gonna say like you know I've made a lot of changes in my life. I've been musician I was in software blah 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 and even things like healthy eating or exercise, you can make a drastic change and throw yourself at it. And I just don't believe it's sustainable. Whereas when you make these incremental changes, you make it a process that's enjoyable, then it just becomes this part of your life. And so I'm kind of taking that learning and that's how we're going to build this business is just allow it to become part of our life that we really love, not give it that ultimatum 110% for two years or bust, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) We're just going to keep doing it.
1: (laughs) And that's just a really great way to do it. And when you're doing these weddings and, and, and stuff, are or, or you doing it all over the country? So for the audience listeners, if they want to get in touch with Whimsically You, I normally do the plug towards the end, but just kind of flowing right this second, how we're talking about everything. Like, how would people get in touch with Whimsically You? And, you know, what type of events do you do aside from weddings and stuff? So, you know, uh, this is your moment to kind of give yourself your own little plug.
4: Yeah, so right now we're mostly focused on sort of the northeastern U.S., but we're definitely open to travel. I mean, if people want us to come out and and create an adventure for them, we would love to do that. Um, and we are focused to some degree in weddings, but we're also looking at doing some community events to get sort of bigger groups and people involved. You know, we really love – we really value play. We don't think adults have enough play in our lives and sort of bring some of that into, into more um, – Common spheres, we think is really, is really fun. So, um, t- if they want to find us so over on Instagram, we are whimsically.u and then our website is whimsicallyu.com. Those are probably the two main places people are likely to find us. We're also on Facebook and things like that. But yes, we would love for people to reach out and get in touch.
2: Do you happen to do, um, corporate team building creative events? <laughs>
3: so it's funny you should ask when we, this is like, Last fall, probably, yeah. we went to our first wedding event, first wedding planning event. Networking. We're, net, well, yeah, yeah, networking, just going to meet a bunch of people in the industry, right? And so we're walking around, we're meeting people, and I'm talking to a woman from a local ski resort, and we're just there, and she's like, and so do you do corporate events? And I was just like, I was, you know, my <laughs> brain was all in, like, I've got to talk about weddings at this stuff mode, and Krista saves us. She's like, why, yes, we do. <laughs> so... <laughs> Because we're it's limitless. To to yeah. It's completely right, yeah.
2: limitless because here's the thing. You see the same, just like you were talking about weddings, you see the same type of corporate events where it's like, do the trust fall. Let's go through an obstacle course. Let's beat the shit out of each other in the middle of a boxing ring. Let's like, you know, get our aggressions out. But sometimes, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be like this physical activity where everybody, you know, has it's to cool. be this and I think it, it also does foster creativity. And maybe, you know, it, when it comes to like your puzzles and your games, it also is, is thought provoking. And it, and it kind of makes everybody, maybe you learn a little bit more about each other when you're not slugging each other out or, <laughs> you know, walking a tightrope in an obstacle course. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. And I'm always like, we're so busy that I, I, I keep talking about it. But when it comes to the implementation, I'm not good at this part of it. But I've, as my firm is growing, or I should say our firm is growing, I want to do some sort of team building activity. So I'm glad that you do. Yeah. we may be reaching thing. out to you.
3: Okay. <laughs> well, and what it speaks to also is, is inclusivity, because right. not everyone can do a ropes course. Not everyone can do a lot of these things. And one of the good points messages and focuses we have is that this is something that's accessible to everyone. You know, if you're someone who likes to search or solve puzzles or whatever it is, it's really open to a much wider segment of people and it's been fun to watch some of our friends who attended the wedding like i i had no idea that world even existed these puzzles send me more tell me more and we can kind of point them down the road of this uh this thing that's become such a joyful part of our lives so it's fun to share that with others as well
4: and one of the things we love too i think with puzzles is that typically you know you're often doing them a team and everybody has their moment to shine, right? Like we're all good at different things. And it's something I think some people go into an escape room thinking, oh, I'm going to be really bad at this. But inevitably, there's like one part that they're really good at. And so it's it's a way I think that you can see value, different value you might not have seen before in different people. Everyone has their moment to feel like they really contributed to the success of the team.
2: Very good. So my, my next question is, I'm curious, since you guys are currently part-timing it with Whimsically You. Do you find that in any of your jobs that you currently have independently, are there any skill sets that you have brought to the table with Whimsically You together that you brought from your, your respective jobs that you're like, okay, I'm kind of glad that we're still dipping our, our feet in, in our own job because this was a skill set that we so need right now?
3: Well, so I'm um... sorry. I've always sold things and I never wanted to be a salesperson, but I sold technical computer software add ins for Excel. And now I sell hot tubs. And what I realized is I don't like selling stuff, but I like talking to people. I like finding out what makes them tick and I like providing them with something that's going to have value. And unfortunately, that's what a salesperson does. So I've (laughs) kind of had to own like, I guess I am cut out for this. And this is the most beautiful version of that because I get to find out what they really care about. What are they passionate about? Be a part of an incredibly special day. Hopefully we can provide them with a memory that they're never going to forget. There's people from our wedding. We've heard that. Um, She made a beautiful Raven for a wedding that we did with a poem engraved on it. And the, the sentiment was, you know, the, the bride will always have this. And so Yes, it draws on some skills that I've found have given me success in terms of a real job. um, but it's the most pure and enjoyable version of that 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 I've been able to find. yeah,
2: I love that, and i can I can hear the passion in your voice, <laughs> so i i I love that you just you know that you said that. I would be a horrible salesperson because. I'm just that person that's like, no, I don't want to bother you. It's okay. Like, let's, <laughs> you know. And it's so weird because my sister is just the opposite. Because my sister did a lot of sales, and I used to remember when she did um, telecommunication sales back in the day, like thirty four, you know, years ago, when she had to go door to door. She'd be like, anytime I would see the no solicitation sign, I loved it because it was like a challenge to me. And I'm like, I'm a rule follower, so I would see that no solicitation sign, I'd be like. Okay, bye guys. Sorry to bother you. <laughs> Don't want to walk into yeah. the door.
4: Yes, that's definitely one of the ways we complement each other. Is he's certainly um, much more of the the he, he you know the sales, the communication, the talk, the in person networking. He's excellent at all of those things, and and uh, yes, it's not necessarily my forte. I've tried going outside my comfort zone for. <laughs> To, it's a good push working through the business and having to do some things. And I am used to being, you know, I teach, so I'm obviously used to speaking in front of people. But it's a little bit different than than just approaching someone, as you said, knocking right. on the door, saying, "Hey, let me tell you about my thing." Right? It's.
3: I imagine have for you, re- you having, Wait, having separate skills. I imagine for you two having, you know, different skills is key to a successful business. And so the my same thing Gordon, yeah. Are I, his
2: weaknesses and vice and the, the, the
1: funny thing is, is that while I am the quiet one on the podcast. Uh, I am the one I, I love talking to my clients. I love <laughs> calling people and I am the one dealing with all the things. And she's more dealing with a lot of the legal and the arguments. And, and we, we oh. complement each other very well.
2: Yeah, he, uh, Stanley, he actually loves talking to people Whereas I am the behind the scenes person. I'm that mad scientist that loves coming up <laughs> with like new legal theories or like new strategies. Like that's my, like, that's my jam. So. So what about you, Krista? Have you brought anything to any skill sets that you're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that I'm still like in this mode of having my own career still? Have you brought something to the table that was so necessary from you know your skill sets?
4: Yeah, I think that so. this is not something that actually part of my current job. For a long time, I did field research. And so it was Correct. a lot of managing projects, a lot of, you know, things don't always go to plan. You're sort of jerry-rigging things or putting them together or sort of figuring things out on the fly. You have to have a lot of adaptivity, right? As And sort of as we play test ideas, we have to come back, revise them. We have to sort of constantly be thinking about new things and and managing these um, projects on a timeline, making sure we're able to deliver them, all of those kinds of things. So I think that's part of what um, my background brings in, as well as even though I don't have any kind of business background, so this has definitely been a learning curve. I'm sort of doing a lot of the more business side of things at the moment. Um, But I think having sort of the hard science numbers kind of background has been helpful to sort of feel comfortable diving into that.
2: Very cool. Now, I know that, you know, like we talked about before, you guys are haven't really been in business with this. Like, you're, we're we're really in the the beginning, like which I always find to be the most exciting part of it. Right? Um, what can you tell the audience as some of the biggest lessons and takeaways? Because that's what we always ask all of our our podcast guests. It's it's yeah. like the the backbone of relationship. Right.
3: I think it's it start with the trust in each other. Um, to understand each other's skill sets and, and really inspire them. So for a wedding we did over the summer, we, I mean, I was working and designing. I tend to be up early. She tends to be a night owl. So my morning and her late night are the times when we create sort of independently. And she was prepping for another wedding, working on making some uh, custom engraved bookmarks. And I was doing all the puzzle design for this wedding that was to follow. And I would just get up in the morning and do the puzzle design. i build the Google Docs and kind of like, hey, Krista, take a look if you want. She's like, well, I'm working on other things. And so what it turned into was, here's a set of puzzles and some ideas for what the props will be like. I hope you can create them in the next two weeks and just kind of pass that off to her and the faith that like, she's going to figure this out. She's going to do this. And her faith of not being like, let me micromanage your part of the process. So you give me something manageable, just really keeping those things separate and knowing that she's going to bring this vision to life and, uh, was provides a lot of strength.
4: Right. And I think, and sort of related to that, I think there's also a couple, like we're, you know, with any news business, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to learn things. That's part of, right. Like, that's just, we're not going to be perfect right off the bat. But I think that, um, having both trust and understanding, like if one of us, like we're both going to make mistakes and that's just totally normal. And to be supportive of each other, as opposed to feeling like, Oh, how could you, I mean, yeah, we haven't had
2: it. We are still guilty of doing that every (laughs) single day. (laughs) We are. And there
4: may come a time, but, but now, yeah, I think it's just like, we're still figuring the out and trusting. Yes. Trusting each other to do our part, I think is, is big um and just trying to again it's it's easier for us because we are not 100% dependent on the income which i i think would bring a lot more stress and pressure
2: mm-hmm. but right.
4: um but for us it's trying to remember like why we wanted to be in business together in the first place right which right. is to have time together i mean even if we sometimes work independently but also like to have this project together for the joy of being able to build something together and so i think focusing on that is important, even if we get stressed out occasionally about
2: things. (laughs) But I'm going to take what you're saying and I'm going to take it just a little bit further because something that we haven't really discussed that much now that I'm thinking back on all of our podcasts is, and this is a good question to ask you guys because you are in the beginning stages of your business. I remember that the first year or two of of my joining Justin, because he started the law firm, was so stressful. And we had so much conflict because we're learning each other's styles. We're still trying to figure out each other's strengths and weaknesses. And it wasn't pretty because our way of dealing with conflict wasn't really great. And sometimes we still get into that mode where the way we communicate isn't ideal because we're humans, right? And it's, you know, and if you're, and if you've been dealing with a certain way of communication for so long, it's really very, very difficult to change that pattern. And so how do you guys deal with conflicts? Because I'm going to tell you, and this is not being negative or wishing bad on you. It's the realities of starting a business that you're going to have a lot of conflict just by nature of the fact that this is beginning for you. How do you guys deal with conflict? Do you find that you have a good way of, of dealing with conflict? And if so, what can you share with the audience of like, this is this is how we do it. We we feel like we communicate well and this is
3: how we deal with conflicts. Um, I mean, yeah, I think the this we prepped for this question because we <laughs> knew it was coming. So
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I may have a visual later two. I think the easiest analogy is to think about carrot peelers. Now, she and I are in terms of the ideological spectrum of carrot peelers, we're definitely at the extreme end. I have always preferred a peeler where the blade is, you know, parallel in line with the handle. And when she moved into my house, you know, that was unacceptable because to her, a peeler has to have the blade perpendicular to the handle. And yeah. rather than get into an argument about my way is right or her way is right, you know, this or that, there's room in my, you know, kitchen and in the drawer for multiple oh. care peelers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the one she produced, I hope it shows up, oh. is this lovely little monkey. And I can't well, really see it. I want to see it. How do we make out. it appear? I I'm it. trying. It's glitching out. It's like an orange oh, monkey you. You. I, I, I see with, uh, <laughs> holding the peeler in its hands up above its head. The The green, the, the background isn't working for it. But it was this lovely thing. And so instead of being my way's right, your way's right, let's argue about who's right. It was let's find room for both of these to coexist. And the result is this lovely <laughs> Lovely addition, you know, this animal themed carrot peeler. So
2: That was the best analogy. Yeah. You might have just solved world like world problems <laughs> oh, and oh, world is. peace. That's it. In 30-something minutes, you <laughs> have just to solve the problems of the world <laughs> and create world peace. With
1: a carrot
2: peeler. <laughs> oh. Do With we a can. carrot peeler.
3: Yeah. Okay, yes.
2: You you do realize that you need to create a meme now with that carrot <laughs> healer, with the perfect caption of this little thing solved all of the world's problems.
3: Perhaps I think that was on the cover absolutely. of our relationship advice book. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I, I but I love that because sometimes. When you read a lot of stuff out there, whether it's self-help books and all that kind of stuff, things can get be so complicated. Or or the voice of the author is one in which you're sitting there going, okay, what did you mean by that? Talk to me like I'm a six-year-old. Break it down for me. I want to know the, the how and the why. You're just giving me the what. But I, I want to know. Like, tell me. And for me, that analogy did it for me. So <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you for that. But so... What when I'm going to kind of end the podcast with like these last couple of questions, when do you think or what's your ideal time frame for when the two of you might think that you're ready to kind of exit what you both have going on independently so that you guys can kind of do this? And this is a really important question because there are many people out there that might be in the same shoes where they're really exploring their passion, kind of. You know, just the tip. We're playing just the tip here. <laughs> and,
0: then,
2: sure. and then so sorry for that joke. I, I, I get a little crap sometimes. <laughs> but um and, and they're still having their own jobs. They're like, okay, well, what when is the right time for this? So have you guys thought about this? Oh, yeah. Definitely.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think there's sort of about five years is currently, which is partly geared around when um his youngest will be sort of off. Uh, out of school, out of sort of off to college right. or wherever she goes next. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's we'll, we'll have a little bit more freedom. Then it's possible that I may transition sooner. Yeah. Um. So that may be in the next couple of years. We'll see. But yeah, we're definitely hoping for a five to six years we can be, that's the goal.
2: And while you guys are still, you know, while that hasn't happened yet, Have you sort of, like, is it important for anybody that's that's kind of in the same boat as you to be, are there certain things that you are preparing or doing in the background so that when this thing is ready to, like, rock and roll full time for both of you, like, that things are ready to go? Like, are are you dealing with systems processes? Like, you know, you, are you, what kind of things is going on behind the scenes that you guys know needs to happen before this thing goes, you know, full blown?
4: I think one of the things is just building up the, the referrals and the marketing and getting our name out there, because I do think in this industry in particular that the referrals, the people knowing who we are, that's sort of the number one way that you get business. And that takes time to build that reputation and stuff. And so I think um, that's part of the hope is just to get us to be familiar and also to make people aware, again, that we're offering this service that is not super common, right? And so it's not something people go in and Google for a whole lot because they just don't even know, think that this could be a thing that they might do. Right. Um, yeah. So starting to get that out there so that when we're ready to have, you know, a fully booked calendar down the line, right, that we have more of that in place um, and just more of our skill sets, right? Just practicing a lot of these skills, um, five we're gonna be much better at them five years from now. You know, I feel like we're pretty good at them now, but but we'll definitely sure. be getting better. Um and I'm sure we'll look back at this to be like, oh my God, I can't believe we used to do, you know, whatever thing we're doing now that we're gonna discover is totally wrong. But um so I think that that a lot of just sort of the the processes, the the iterations, and also again, I think it's nice for us to trial this. It's not really a trial because we're committed to it but sort of dip our toes or just the tip as you said just like, the tip. you know working together um professionally and sort of be able to build that up over time as opposed to just diving straight in mm-hmm. initially well
2: you certainly have our attention because i i and i've said this to you know a couple of our guests on our podcast i still to this day i love it when i talk to people that have discovered um a void in the market and you know every industry i think across the board is saturated right i mean so to to meet folks like you guys that really have have thought of something that doesn't exist out there is awesome so we're totally happy to spread the word about you guys and we might actually use you for our own personal yes, definitely give us a call for sure <laughs> so thank you guys for you know taking the time to talk with us today on relationship um If you guys hold on a second, we're going to stop the recording and then we obviously want to have some closing remarks with you guys. So thank you again to both of you for, and this is, you know, whimsically you, um, for attending our podcast.
0: That's a wrap for this week's episode. Don't miss next week's episode for more relatable, real and practical insights from relationship, packed with even more candid conversations. So make sure to subscribe, tune in, and keep your wine glass full. And if you want to share your own experience or ask a question, follow us on social media and feel free to reach out. Go to cernitzlaw.com, call 888-68-DAMAGE, or email us at cshanbraun at cernitzlaw.com or j Cernitz at cernitzlaw.com.